Welcome to episode number 131 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games. I am your host, Cole Ross. It's spelled with a K, dummy. And I am joined over Skype today by... David Meinsmith. Ben Merkel. Thank you so much for joining us, guys, fellas. We got a full docket here today. We're going to talk about Mass Effect 3 and some announcements that have uh, cropped up around that, some modifications to the Wii system, and then in the what we've been playing, you know, I've been busy. I assume you guys have been busy. You're going to be touching on some uh, stuff from last week and also on uh, some new things that I was not too pleased with, hint. Um, so let's uh, get into this right away. Music break. This is the Quick Hits, where we talk about video game news in a timely and hasty fashion. Coin sound. Ben. All right. So the first story that we have this week is about Mass Effect 3. They confirmed this week that uh, there's going to be an online cooperative multiplayer mode. Uh, Four players choose classes and equipment loadouts and complete missions that take place outside of the regular single-player campaign. Um, these missions tie into a larger feature called Galaxy at War, and then completing them will raise something called Shepard's Galaxy Readiness Rating, which has an effect on the ending. Uh, Bioware confirmed, though, that uh, despite this, it'll still be possible to get the best ending without using the multiplayer setting. Okay, we're going to put four minutes on the clock, and we're going to talk about some Mass Effect stuff. They, uh, Finally confirmed it. This has been something that has been um, a possibility and rumored ever since uh, we knew that Mass Effect 3 was a thing. And uh, now it's actually here. What do you guys think? Well, cool. You should start us off. This game most <laughs> affects you. I have I have the most skin in the game here. Um, yeah, the most augmented skin in the game. No, I, I think that it, I think that it, that it has the potential to be cool. Um, by you know, Bioware doesn't have an awful lot of experience um, with multiplayer of of this kind. You know. Mass Effect 3, you know, kind of continues in the Mass Effect 2 tradition of making this into more of a shooter. And in the past, you know, they've they 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 had a lot of success with Neverwinter Nights and doing that, but this is a whole different um kind of beast. So I'll be interested to see how successful it is. Um as it stands, I'm I'm pretty happy to hear that it's not going to be necessary uh to 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 play multiplayer um just because I don't like it when uh companies do that. Um, but as an option, as kind of a uh, airsats horde mode, or you know, uh, what, what is it, spec ops from uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, I think um, mm-hmm. it seems like a nifty little flavor edition. You know, that's my take on it. I, I might, I might re up on my Xbox Live for a couple months just to see how it shakes out. You know, I have a question. What uh, what game were you thinking of when you were talking about games that make you play multiplayer modes to uh, get the full content? To get the full content, I'm thinking of games that are, you know, pretty much designed solely to be experienced online. Um, in, in general, I don't like it when a game uh, puts uh, half of its achievements in the multiplayer mode. So, like, Left 4 Dead type of thing? Yeah. Or Le- Portal 2? Right, right. I, I, I can see that. Portal 2 was a, was a pretty tastefully done uh, kind of thing. But, you know, I'm an antisocial person. Not antisocial. I don't go around setting mailboxes on fire. I'm a non-social <laughs> person. Um, <You're> sure. <laughs> I, I need to get my lawyer present. No, I'm kind of a non-social person. And if I don't um, have somebody specifically to play a game cooperatively with... Um, I don't want to go around and play a game with a puppy, you know, I kind of just want to play, you know, either by myself or with people that I know. And that's not always the case. Also, um, Resident Evil 5 was a problematic one as well. What, uh, what part of Resident Evil 5? No, just that it was, you know, kind of best experienced as a, as a uh, cooperative game. Most games that give you an AI partner, that's not a good idea to actually try to do that. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, what, what do you guys think? In general, um, I mean, I'm really pr- um, pro co-op. I think it makes games a lot more fun. At the same time, um, I feel like if you're going to do it with story, you need to actually do that. Um, I think Resident Evil 5, as much as I love the game, the story really wasn't didn't work with co-op. I mean, it's a survival horror game. 
Um, I'm going to say, on the Resident Evil part, I played that game single-player for the reasons that you talked about, Cole, where it's like, I would get too frustrated by making sure the other person was in the right spot or whatever. I much preferred to play that one by myself. Um, and just as far as co-ops go, uh, I think Portal 2 is a good example of someone you know trying their damnedest to make co-op work online, of being able to play with an anonymous player and make it work. But even still, I think it has its problems. Um, with that, with that game in particular, you know, like one person knows all the puzzles to begin with and is just leading the other person. You know, like yeah, I don't know. It's co-op's a very tricky thing to do. I think this. I mean, this sounds like a good take on it because it's very much a, a side thing. And so, with I mean, I feel like that's the right approach to it. They, you know, that they're not, you know, making it something that you have to do. Yeah, compartmentalizing it and kind of putting it off to the side is 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 a good move, I think, on their part because it doesn't distract from their from their core competency, which is that really well designed single player uh, kind of game. It'll be interesting to see how many people actually do play it and and, and use that. Um, I like the idea because Mass Effect with its squad based system is is so is so ready for this. I think mm-hmm. like just just. I, when when they said that it was potentially going to be multiplayer, I kind of thought like, oh, like I'll be playing the game, and then if somebody on my friends list sees that I'm playing, they can pop in, and then all of a sudden they're controlling Garrus, you know? Yeah. Which might not be bad, I guess, but I don't know. It's just weird. It, I, my 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 relationship with Mass Effect is so is so specific that yeah. uh, it's difficult for me to contextualize that. <laughs> Nintendo will be releasing a new Wii bundle. Uh, for this coming holiday, which will contain a black Wii, a copy of New Super Mario Brothers, good game, and will lack the ability to play GameCube games. <laughs> the system is slightly smaller since they uh, got to take some of them GameCube guts out, and uh, it is designed to rest horizontally rather than vertically. Okay, I'm going to put uh, four minutes on the clock, and uh, we're going to discuss the implications of taking away backward compatibility. I am on record as having more GameCube games for my Wii than Wii games for my Wii. Um, I, I view the Wii as more of a classic gaming system than uh, the, than a modern gaming system. Uh, so this is a little bit upsetting because that's that's a really good perk uh, for somebody like me. It's just weird that they decided that now was the time to take that away. That's kind of odd. Um, how many um, good GameCube games were there that you know that this would really be a great loss? I mean, you know, I owned a GameCube, <laughs> and there weren't. That was another system kind of similar to my PSP that I bought and then bought very few games for. Resident Evil Remake, Resident Evil Zero, Eternal Darkness, Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker, um, also. All the Metroid Prime games, uh, Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door, um, Mario Kart Double Dash, Mario Tennis, Mario Golf. But how many of those can you simply, um, you know, download or whatever? I mean, weren't a, a number of those updated to the Wii? Yes, yes, they were, but they didn't add very much to it. I guess that, I guess that nullifies my point somewhat in in that uh, the the time honored tradition of Nintendo and other game companies reselling your games to you again uh, uh, is is prevailing here. But, Although uh, Eternal Darkness is a very notable, um, you know, one that I don't think they ever updated. Right, that is, you know, a, a victim of Silicon Knights not knowing where their core competencies lie. <laughs> Whatever happened to that? Anyway, sequel. Never mind. Uh, tangent. <laughs> too, too human happened to it, David. Too human, and then X Men uh, Destiny. Um, so, <laughs> wow, wow. Poor, poor move. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm a stickler for backward compatibility. I really, truly am. They should just remake Eternal Darkness, but not make a lot of the stupid... I don't know. I could not take that story seriously. They just need to use that device and make a a serious game out of it. On the other hand, um, I've referenced before, you know, um, I do firmware programming, so more or less I do backwards compatibility. And 
it would be interesting for me to see why they did this. Because on the one hand, um, backwards compatibility really, really sucks. It makes things a lot harder to do because, you know, you have all these new great ideas, you know, how we can do it better. But then you have to go back and be like, but we'll break all the software we made back when we didn't realize we could do it the better way. But on the other hand, like, I would think if they've already got it done, can't they just, you know, pop in the the whatever chips and load up the code? I don't know. Based on my understanding, my understanding of the issue is the Wii actually has a GameCube inside of it. Like, right. it's, a, it's, it's its own little, you know, circuit board that's, you know, kind of... You know, I love that put, image. Put, you know, it's just like it's just you know, just kind of snug, snuggled away in there, and it has yeah, the, the soldered it in. Yeah, yeah, it has the controller ports. If if their argument is that it's less confusing to, towards the you know consumer, I get it. But if their argument is, oh, we needed it to be smaller, the Wii is already frighteningly small. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, is it going to be any cheaper? Uh, I mean, aside from the recent precipitous price drops. Um, that is, oh, that's quite, um, it's going to be a buck 50. Oh, that's really cheap. My new favorite, um, exclamation. What? Did you say duck squad? (laughs) (laughs) Duck Duck squad, squad, assemble. (laughs) Konami has confirmed that Silent Hill Downpour has been delayed until quarter one of 2012. Um, originally, it was going to be released later this month. No word was given um, about the cause of the delay. Um, but this seems unfortunate. It seems kind of odd to, um, you know, just with a month to go, like, what what kind of problem do you have that, you know, you're like, well, maybe in a month we'll be ready to release it to the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put three minutes on the clock because this seems to be, you know, pretty cut and dry. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know what kind of problem they could have they could have run into. But I think it's apt to quote Shigeru Miyamoto, you know, a delay lasts, you know, what, a couple months. But uh, a bad game is forever. Um, but I'm kind of bummed. I mean, this is one of the first Silent Hill games that I know of that hasn't uh, launched around Halloween time. Oh, is that normally like something they try to do? Yeah, I mean, not not specifically because ooh, it's so spooky. <laughs> but there's a certain amount of synergy. I just, I, I, re- I really associate Silent Hill with this time of year. Cast something that might be a little bit incendiary as someone who's never played any of the games. Okay. Is is there a point where it stops making sense to make um, sequels specifically to a survival horror game? Like at some point. It Do seems like survive. it'd be hard to maintain the, you know, sort of myst- you know, mystery, you know, you know, those those sorts of elements that go into a horror um, game. What do you think, Ben? Well, yeah, that is one element. Is yeah, I mean, the first game of Silent Hill was built on a mystery at the beginning of the game. You know, like why are the sirens going off? Why does everything turn like bad? And, you know, like, little by little with each game, they reveal more about, you know, kind of, like, the cult surrounding this and, you know, why it's happening. And so it kind of does, I mean, it you know, it's good that they, they add upon the story, but at the same time, if you have a story like that, you know, one of the things, one of the pros of it is having it be mysterious. And so with each iteration, they've kind of lost the mystery. And some of the games have just straight up lost the original ten of the story to begin with, so... Are you are you speaking specifically of um, homecoming? Homecoming, yeah. yeah. The, the the black sheep of the family. Um, yeah. You know, I w- I would say that Silent Hill has managed to somewhat sidestep that because you know Silent Hill one and three were about the cult and about the town. Yeah. Uh, Silent Hill uh, Homecoming to a certain extent as well, but the other kind of mainline games in the series have um, been more about studying individual characters. Yeah, um, I'm thinking specifically of, of course, two being very successful at being like, okay, this is, you know, we we know how Silent Hill works, but you know, how does it affect somebody, you know, who comes to it, you know, separately, right? So looking at James's guilt, uh, Silent Hill Four, looking at, you know, how 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 does somebody who is raised by the cult, how do they, 
you know, kind of adapt to life outside and, you know, ultimately what kind of, you know, further rituals. So, so, you know, the, the, the basic mechanics, light world, dark world, uh, you know, Samael and Metatron and all that, those, th those are laid out and the mystery is kind of lifted away because they do follow these tropes, but, uh, the, the individual twists and turns that they put in, um, and, you know, sometimes putting out new information for me, that's enough to keep me going back. Mm -hmm. Um, that, and kind of, they've gotten more adventurous with, with changing the way that things work. And those old tropes are entirely, are not entirely, uh, held to anymore. I'm thinking specifically, uh, Silent Hill origins with, uh, being able to move, you know, freely between the two worlds. I'm thinking of Silent Hill shattered memories with, uh, completely turning everything upside down and even downpour that, um, is going to change it, um, even more because, yeah. because it's not going to be, you know, blood and rust in the other world. It's going to be water. It's going to be, you know, flooding, which is, uh, interesting. Um, that, and it looks like Alan Wake, which isn't a problem, <laughs> but <laughs> isn't that supposed to get a sequel sometime? Uh, yes, but it's not going to be for the current, um, current generation of uh systems really yeah unfortunate they put a lot of I, a lot of care into that game yes they did i'm gonna say i don't know that's probably the only survival horror game outside of stalker i'd say i liked so understood so silent hill we'll miss you this year but you know just be good please should we make bets on whether or not it's going to be good or not uh it's probably going to be about a six or seven out of ten <laughs> would uh just for a basis of comparison like what would you give shattered memories and what would you give like uh homecoming um homecoming i would give uh i would give a seven okay um shattered memories i would give a nine okay yeah um, just let's go through what would you give all of the games silent hill one i would give uh, i would give an eight and a half silent hill two i would give a ten Silent Hill 3, I would give a 9. Silent Hill 4, I would give a 7.5. Um, Origins, I would give a 7. And uh, Homecoming, I would give a 6. Okay. Are we um, prepared to do what we've been playing? Yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So I think... I think you should go first. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're good. Let's let's jump right into it. All right. So cool. What you been playing? Oh, I'm so happy that you asked. Um, and it's convenient because we're all in front of microphones. Um, I have been playing um, Dark Souls, which is uh, from Software's spiritual successor slash follow up to Demons Souls from last year. And um, I got through the tutorial. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh and it's the most lukewarm praise i've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> well the game prides itself on being incredibly difficult you know the Do they still have the stupid death penalties i i didn't think the death penalties were were, were too hard okay so the game's uh tagline is prepare to die which, you know, again, leveraging their reputation. And, the, you know, it's kind of laid out to be kind of like a roguelike, you know. They're supposed to have some kind of permanence to the way things happen. If you die on the, on the way back to your corpse retrieval, you lose uh, humanity and you lose, I think, some experience, which, you know, gives you incentive to stay alive. Um, and you will die quite often as something that they've built in and made a, a, a core mechanic of the game, which is, which is okay, but... In my experience, a lot of the difficulty was 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 fake in that, you know, I was dying on just the regular mook skeletons that would rise out of the rise out of the graveyard and, you know, come at me. It's kind of like, well, I'm blocking and I go and hit, but I can only take three hits before I die. So making the same corpse run over and over and over my 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 patience just, you know, dwindled away. The, the 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 tutorial was 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 good because you know it, I, I guess it has to be easy because it is a tutorial, but you know it shows you kind of like breaking out of this um, uh, asylum for the dead, which you know just every anybody who comes back to like after they uh, comes back to life after they die, they're put away in this place because they ultimately you know lose all their ha uh, humanity and become the hollow. Um, but, uh, you get out and you have to go and find a way to restore all of your, uh, humanity and you have to like defeat a big demon. And that was, you know, fair, fairly difficult, but, you know, you managed to get around it because the dodging was okay. But just in general, the, the controls are kind of clunky. Um, 
the presentation is kind of weird. I kind of got a uh, um, kind of early PS2 vibe from the from the interface and the uh, and and the menus and stuff like that. And uh, and this is one of my biggest complaints. The main attack, like you know, swinging your sword, that is mapped on the Xbox 360 to the right bumper. Hmm. Okay. Um, and if you're not familiar with the Xbox 360 controller, the right bumper is kind of where L- R1 would be on a PS2, uh, PS3 controller. Um, but it is the worst feeling button on the uh, on the controller. It's you know super wiggly and it, like it clicks. It feels cheap, and if you're mashing that over and over again, um, it's like the it's the least um, appropriate place they could put that um, command. One of the most common ones they're going to be using. It? Uh, not that I saw, no. Oh, now that's just kind of dumb. Yeah, so I, I, I gave it a shot. You know, I just wanted to see what all the hubbub was about. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's punishing um, in a lot of the wrong ways. Um, I, just, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it has promise. Like, it's this open world kind of thing, and you go around and you do, like, dungeon crawls and stuff like that. You know, I, I always like the idea of, like, uh, you know, traps in the environment. Like, I like, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm one of the few people who really likes, like, trial and error trap you know, navigation and things like that. Just things that kind of like you should have noticed, but you, but you didn't, but you're like, Oh, I'll be more watchful about that in the future. You know? So you probably really like new Vegas then. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I quickly learned to be careful around, um, anywhere the Legion's been. <laughs> exactly. They, they are cuckoo for setting up shotguns at uh, head level. <laughs> but uh but yeah and and, and you know kind of uh, in the same vein a lot of the uh different kinds of dungeons that you would run into in um elder scrolls oblivion um i thought that those were handled very well and this you know kind of you know played itself off or came across to me as a very a hyper japanese approach to um trying to make an elder scrolls game which i get uh the story is is, is goddamn incomprehensible by the way <laughs> Like you should get a YouTube of the opening cinematic by itself, because there are like sixteen different factions, and there's a there's a skinless dragon, I guess, that went against dragon kind, and they're just like it showed like all the different kingdoms and the monsters that inhabit it. It is super surreal. Like I questioned my sanity after watching. I really kind of liked the storyline of. Uh, Demon Souls. That that was the the previous one, right? I'm not. Yeah, that that was the previous one. And from what I understand, they're very closely linked. I never played Demon Souls, and you know, I guess what I'm saying is this is not for me. So I, I don't want to make a qualitative judgment. I don't understand. I, I I don't understand why anybody with my temperament would want to play it because I get frustrated and discouraged easily. Oh yeah, I yeah. I didn't think it was a good game. Um, I. I at least my my take on um, Demon Souls was it had a lot going for it in terms of fairly interesting character progression, you know, kind of um, an interesting storyline. Um, it just wasn't a good game. Uh, one one notable thing: I don't have my system connected to the internet, um, and even if I did, I don't have Xbox Live Gold, so I probably wouldn't have been able to um, see the you know, the, the notes that are left behind and the ghosts of other players. Like when you die, you can leave a message for people who come behind you, which seems like an interesting way to, uh, to kind of, uh, plot out and give tips to, to each other, or even misdirection. That seems like it'd be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, there's, there's only one thing you use that for, and that's to try to lead tr- people into traps. <laughs> that would be fun. I would like that, but oh. <laughs> any questions or thoughts on that before I move on? I just want to talk about Coder, so no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll keep you. I'll keep you in suspense a little bit more, Ben, uh, because I've been playing Mist Four uh, Revelation, continuing my grand tour of the series. Um, in addition to reading the books again as well, um, just because you know it's it's fun. I like I like the lore. I like the world that they built with that. It's very interesting. Uh, you know, it's a lot more uh, than meets the eye. I think if you've just played the first one. Um, a lot of thought went into creating creating the rules of that universe. Uh, four is interesting because it's pretty much a direct sequel to one. Uh, the two brothers that you you know kind of got to know in one, Cirrus and Akinar, um, you go you know you you revisit their storyline and actually you actually you go to visit the ages where they're being held. Okay. Um, 
inside those prison books and uh, uh, you try and figure out who kidnapped uh, Atris's uh, daughter um, and, you know, going after that. So I'm in the last age. Uh, something, you know, kind of general observations about it. Um, you know, since it's been several years since I played it, it is so hard. It, it, I, I thought that two was the hardest game in the series just because, it, you know, it was difficult to navigate the entire world and it's not entirely apparent what you're looking to solve. But once you get it, you realize, oh, there are only like three or four puzzles and I'm going across this entire island trying to get the clues for them. That's kind of cool. And this one, the difficulty comes just in that the puzzles are very, very uh, kind of esoteric, like down to the line of like you find a school book that has the Denis language in it and you have to use that to decipher a family tree. So you're actually like sitting there and decoding uh, like what the different people's names are based on you know, the syllables and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, a lot of like time sensitive stuff, which isn't really, um, you know, which is, which is hard um, because the controls are just a little bit floaty, not as precise as, uh, as before, because it is um, kind of the semi full 3d thing. It's not as disorienting as mystery where you get motion sickness. It's a lot more detailed. One of the cool parts is um, I have no idea how they manage to do this, but if you just kind of like click on a surface that's near you, the hand will tap it and it will make a sound that is appropriate for the material. So if you tap on glass, it'll make a thunk, 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 thunk. If you tap on metal, it'll make stuff. a, yeah. It's just like every single, I have no idea how many different materials they tested to, to get that sound right. And like, you'll make uh you'll make uh ripples and water and stuff like that, uh, which is, which is really neat. So, so like all of that gets together and, and the music's amazing as well. Um, but it is very frustrating. I have had to resort to a fact, uh, several times just to get my bearings on it. So, uh, recommended for hardcore mist fans only. I would say. <laughs> it sounds yeah. It sounds like some of the puzzles are like the equivalent of like a homework assignment. Yeah. Where like, <laughs> well, you know, it's figuring out like through through context clues because you know you you find the the school book, you know, early on in the game, and one of the cool things is they actually um, give you a camera, so you it's like when you see something that's notable, you can you know snap a picture of it. Yeah, and cool make, make a note on it to go back so you can like take pictures of the different the different journals that you find um you also have a little medallion that uh reacts to memories of different areas so you'll find an object and the thing will glow down at the bottom of the screen and uh, when you click that you'll get like a little video or a voiceover of things that have happened in the area and a lot of the story is uh, revealed through that because you are trying to track these people down and you are mm -hmm. trying to figure out if the brothers are remor remorseful uh, for what they did uh, back in Mist 1. And mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty cool. So, so, so both of those things kind of combine uh, to, to make the game a little bit more playable. Ben? Uh, yeah. Uh, so with, do they assume that you got a certain ending for the first Mist? Yeah, all of the Mist games have uh, multiple endings, but only one is canon. The uh, the best one is considered canonical. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Seems like people like the best endings. Well, you know. That's people, generally the case. People like happy endings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, any thoughts on that? It sounds interesting. Um but it also sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it is. Um, it's it's funny because I have a I have a composition notebook that I've been using for all the notes throughout the entire series, and it's about three quarters of the way full now with like <laughs> hand drawn maps and you know drawing so, like, you know, writing stuff down. The end result it probably looks like one of those like insane asylum like notebook thing. <laughs> Yeah. Or, or the math grad office. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking specifically of uh, um, John Doe's library at the end of seven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> that sounds graphic. <laughs> yeah. So, so, Kodor, um, I am enjoying that. Progress is slow but sure. I just got down into the Undercity. Um, I'm, re I'm really kind of getting the bug, uh, for it. It's a little bit difficult for me to focus, um, just because I got Kodor and then almost immediately after that, um, good old games had a sale 
of all Dungeons and Dragons related games, which mm. means that um, around the same time, I also bought Planescape Torment, Baldur's Gate one and two. I rebought Neverwinter Nights, you know, stuff like that. Um, mm. So, and the, these are all Bioware games. Uh, Planescape is not Bioware, but it's very much in the same vein. So it's kind of like I have t- too much vying for my attention <laughs> right now. But I've decided. As a courtesy to you, Ben, I'm going to do Kotor first, and uh, you know, as you go through the, the 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 old tropes are tried and true. You know, I really don't like Karth. I think he is very bland, but it's interesting doing the conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that I rolled for uh, persuasion, uh, just because I really enjoy talking my way out of situations, and this is a game where that is a viable path. Is, yeah. does that remain true? You know, kind of yeah. as you go. Yeah, I mean, I w- uh, yeah, you'll you'll probably be happy with your choice of upping your persuasion because that's what I preferred much of the time. It- it's just nice because I prefer to treat Bioware games like visual novels, you know. Mm-hmm. I just you know I, I liked walking around and killing the gangsters in the in the undercity and going into apartments and you know it's a nice touch because. Your inclination when you see a locked door is to open it, but when you're going through these apartment buildings, there are like terrified families like saying, "Oh God, no, he's in our house!" Yeah. You know, like they think you're there to shake him down for money. Um, well, do you? <laughs> and then you shake him down for money. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm rolling light side, uh, but you know, most of the time, like you, you know, you can ask like, uh, "So why do you think I'm going to break your legs?" And then they say, "Oh, well, we have this guy coming after us," and that always leads into, "Well, well, maybe I can help you out." You know, to make up to make up for the fact I that I that. I break into your house. And I'm like, hey, is there anything I can help you with? Just to, yeah. just to, just to make up the fact for the fact that I jimmied your front door open. You know, <laughs> I guess I kind of owe you one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you you went through both uh, sets of apartments then on the lower level. Yes. Okay. Um, actually, both sets. I, I thought they were um, ent- entrances from. I thought there were two entrances to it. So so there's one near the initial elevator, and then there's one that's on your way to the Undercity. Those are two different sets of uh, apartment buildings. Oh, I need to go back up. Uh, I need to go back up to the lower city. Um, just j- just because when I saw two apartments, I thought that they were you know just the yeah 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 the same one. So two two separate separate incidents. <laughs> two separate incidents. Where where's Dennis to catch the Lebowski reference? I don't know. Oh well, I wouldn't hold out much hope for the credence. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I, I kind of want this K- this Kalo Nord guy to be in my party though. He seems like a badass. Yeah, he he does seem like a badass, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. You'll but, you'll see him. You'll see him around. I saw him again, uh, but he just kind of like walked past me. At least he didn't start counting down. You know, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. I I didn't take the hint the first time, and I I, I quickly had to reload. So where uh yeah where did you see him where have you seen him so far Um I saw him in the uh cantina Okay Um and then I saw him on my way into the second um the second apartment building I guess Yeah 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 Okay So Who knows um but yeah I'm going down to meet the uh to meet the Twi'lek and her uh her her furry wookie friend uh to add to my party I assume I don't know Maybe. As Who knows? Very worky friend. <laughs> yeah, a shaved worky. What a, a bald worky. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So that's uh, that's that's what I've been doing. That and like some some rock bands. They they put out some songs that I hadn't, um, you know, really thought about in a while. Uh, like a bunch of songs off of uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers' Californication, oh, which nice. Uh, it's neat, you know. That was that was uh, one of the first albums I bought of my own volition, so it was cool to play uh, to play the uh, the pro guitar part for like uh, for other side, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so who wants to go next? David, I assume have is the only game you've played uh, Fallout New Vegas. I've seen um, you doing some stuff on Steam. Yeah, I've been doing. Um... Just kind of scoping out one of the free to play things, Steam. Release not much really. Okay. Well, as I see, you should talk about that, and then when you get to Fallout New Vegas, we could. Ju- that's the only game I've been playing, so we could just talk about that together. Sounds good. Okay. Tag team it. All right. Well, um, Steam, you know, randomly accosts me when I close games with um, ads for other games that I'm probably going to buy. <laughs> um, and so one of the things is um, some. 
a free-to-play game called um, Iron Grip Marauders. And I realized that unbeknownst to me, my desktop background for the last several months was actually concept art from the game. So that seemed like a good indicator that I should at least check it out. So basically it's like pseudo-MMO turn-based strategy game with kind of a steampunk setting. You know, so far, I like the steampunk. It, you know, it seems kind of interesting. The gameplay is fairly vanilla, and it seems a little bit glitchy. Apparently, it was originally a browser game, and when you run it in Steam, it launches a browser. Okay. But it seems to sometimes screw up where, like, because of the whole, like, Steam thing it where it thinks your mouse pointer is isn't actually where it is so you have to like click beside things that's that's annoying (laughs) yeah and i i uh, on the plus side though i've looked on um like gone to the steam forums and um the people who are making it seem to be pretty responsive you know actually you know surprisingly polite stuff like that so that that's definitely a plus they've at least got some pretty decent people developing it so you know right now i'm just kind of playing it as a you know you know play for five or ten minutes you know here and there type thing so so it it launches in a steam browser then yeah yeah okay okay i guess that makes sense because steam is built on webkit so so it doesn't run like a like a virtual um it doesn't run a virtual cursor like it just it uses your system cursor as you kind of go over it, and you just have no, to no, it guess where it's going to hit. Cursor and like the cursor, it shows it's in the right spot, but where you need to click to like you know oh. pull up a menu isn't sometimes. And I just know when I was going on the forum, apparently someone referenced apparently that doesn't happen when you just play the normal version of the game. Uh, do you, are there plenty of people to play the game with? See, so far I've only played against the computer. It's it, kind of the way it seems to be set up is it's sort of a pseudo, you know, like the uh, management strategy games where you're kind of um, running an airship, you know, you train train units, you know, research technology, stuff like that. Yeah. And then when you go on a mission, it then is a... Um, each mission is kind of a cut-down, turn-based strategy thing. So, so far, I've just done some of the uh, built-in missions against the computer. Okay. My understanding is, um, kind of the plot lines you saw this um, steampunk airship pir- pirate. Mm-hmm. And my understanding is there's certain snares where you can be, like, smuggling goods and someone else will, like, get a mission to, um, you know, stop you. Okay. You know, but so far I haven't really seen any of the multiplayer. So, how, so how about uh, how about Fallout? Tell me about your recent travails. Well, I just got um, just got the um, platinum chip back, and I'm at the point where um, I kind of need to figure out, you know, go around collect more information to try to figure out what the consequences of how I um, what I do with it might be. Mm-hmm. The I will say, you know, um, last time I mentioned um, some of my frustrations with the gameplay. I feel like the gameplay is um, getting much better. Much um, once you get more resources, you know, more repair skills, stuff like that, it gets a lot easier to have, you know, decent quality weapons and armor. I will say the karma system continues to be horrible. I love the fact that picking the lock on a kitchen in order to save someone from cannibalism is apparently an act of evil. <laughs> are, are you are you talking about the White Glove Society? Yeah. I love that mission. Oh yeah, that, that's that's a very good... Uh, I, I enjoyed that mission a great deal. <laughs> uh, I just there, There's so many different ways to, 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 to solve that one, and just the, the, the way that it comes to a head... Like if at least the way that I that I chose to solve it was uh, was quite entertaining. What'd you do? I, I I went into the kitchen and I substituted the spoiler human meat for uh, something that was like engineered to taste like human meat. Yeah. So that yeah. when that guy got up to make his proclamation to say, "We have all done by the old ways," you know, trying to convince them that you know cannibalism is okay, I exposed him as a fraud and uh, and got got him locked up. 
I did the same thing. That that's actually why I was going to ask is what you did afterwards because um when I did the same thing. However, when he uh starts making a break for it, I um pulled out a shotgun and took his head off. Oh God, yeah, yeah. That's uh that's one of the better quests, and I and I don't have any recollection of how I even got into that. I think I think I ended up that that was either Mister House or Yes Man because you have to get people in the strip to side with you. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, the one that I will say, and you know, I'm not ready to pass judgment yet, but the storyline as a whole, main storyline, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit finding myself being disappointed with. Sim- not so much because the storyline is bad, but because the storyline they think is the main storyline, I don't care about it at all. The ultimate battle to decide the fate of New Vegas. Yeah, I really don't care. I definitely, um, I don't care, never cared about the chip at all. And I don't really care about New Vegas. Um, what matters to me is the fight um, specifically against the Legion and to a lesser degree um, for the NCR. Okay. Which, granted, like, obviously the fact that I care what happens and that means the storyline is good, but the actual main storyline, I really. If it wasn't um, forced, I probably wouldn't even do. I, I like how the main storyline exists almost specifically to get you to explore different areas of uh, the Mojave and to get acquainted with the different factions and kind of see how their little bottle civilizations work. Mm-hmm. Do you care about the the Benny mission of chasing down the person who shot you? Yes and no. I mean, to the degree to which generally my MO, uh, you know, what I was going for my character was just kind of the, I love the um, post-apocalyptic, like, vigilante, lawbringer, like, pseudo-Wild West thing. And so that's generally been what I've been making my decisions based on. So to the degree to which I greatly enjoyed walking into the room and... Him being like, oh, crap. Um, and then, you know, taking his head off. The reckoning has um, come. Exactly. <laughs> that, that, that is my favorite point in any movie, is the point, the, 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 the turning point where, you know, everything goes from, like, the hero, you know, trying to struggle against it to, all right, now it's time for the hero to just lay down <laughs> the smack. Yeah. <laughs> God, that just makes me think of Breaking Bad. But um, see, that mission that that mission changes a lot in these kind of, in these kinds of games. I I almost always, as a rule, uh, roll female. Okay. No idea why. Just do. It's interesting because you can seduce him, so you don't have to fight your way into his hotel room at all. You really just kind of have to approach him and then do a couple of choice uh, conversation options, and then he's up there. And you have your little, you know, keep away weapon and he's, you know, down to, you know, his underwear, just kind of like, oh, he has no way of even defending himself. So you can, you know, basically tell him, yeah, uh, you're mine now and then kill him, <laughs> you know, so that bypasses almost all of the struggle that, you know, comes along with trying to even get in contact with Benny. Huh. The the one thing um, I actually wanted to ask um, from the storyline thing I've I've never played any of the previous games. Um, the one thing that struck me as odd is the uh, bright uh, ghoul call uh, mission, which was pretty yeah, cool by the way. That, yeah, seems to um, make a very very obvious that you know ghouls are apparently oppressed stuff like that. And likewise, the NCR seems to be built up as this sort of like, you know, real, you know, not real tolerant kind of pseudo-authoritarian government structure. Mm-hmm. But you see a lot of ghoul NCR NPCs that no one seems to have a problem with. That struck me as like my understanding from what I knew of um, some of the missions in Fallout 3 and then, you know, that mission in Fallout um, in New Vegas was that the ghouls were supposed to be pretty much completely um, outcasts of society. I never had any dealings with the NCR, like, at all. So I would have have no way of of telling you if that was consistent or not. Really? Yeah. None. None? 
I have no idea why. I was like, oh, well, I better, I better go, go check out the NCR just to see what's up with them. And like, just, you know, I got into their bases, but there were no quests that I could do. They weren't hostile to me, but I guess just by proceeding so far down the yes man path, um, all of those uh, missions were completely locked out for me. Huh. So that's interesting because, like, I haven't done anything with Yes Man yet. Yeah. Hmm. So, so, so Ben, uh, tell me about your travails in, uh, the, in the Mojave. Yeah, pretty much all I've been doing has been exploring the map, uh, going around and finding skill books, and just going to different places that I had never been to, been to before. So, you know, I have a... A, a map of the entire Mojave Desert with all the different locations, essentially, and just basically picking out places to explore. So, for example, have either of you guys been to the Devil's Throat? It I have. I couldn't figure out what the, what it was for. Doesn't ring a bell. What do you mean, David? Well, I mean, it seemed more or less to be a hole in the ground with a couple of geckos. Yep. <laughs> oh, do, there were geckos there when you went. Yeah. Okay, there are different NPCs for me, but did you go into the truck that was there? Yeah, I think I did. Why was was there might have been something I missed? Whoa, there should the be there should be a giant machine gun in the back of a truck. There. Really? And you can pick up that machine gun, <laughs> and you can use that machine gun. Yeah. Do you have Wacky Wasteland? No, I do not. Okay. That's, I I am looking forward to playing it with Wacky Wasteland turned on. I I did that the first time I played through, and I only noticed it once. And the only time I noticed it is they there was one part towards the ending where they started quoting uh, aliens. <laughs> I and, also know um, just because I was checking some stuff on the wiki. Apparently, there's a number of NPCs that they'll um, change the names to be fairly subtle, um, like references to various characters. But okay. Yeah, I wasn't too impressed with the wacky wasteland perk or trade or whatever. I uh, I don't know. I didn't I didn't see a whole lot out of it. So yeah, I didn't see a lot in the a lot a lot to like in the uh, in the traits that you could take. Um, yeah. Honestly, like I think I took um, one of the ones that gives you that like your shot you 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 fire less rapidly, but your shots do more damage. Yeah, um, trigger discipline. Yeah, and then I also took four eyes. That, that's it. I didn't see the benefit of four eyes. Um, it was more of a it was more of an anti, you know, like an anti perk almost. I was like, oh, that'd be interesting. You know, you can you can you know just pick up a pair of glasses. It was more of a role playing thing. Uh, ultimately, okay, yeah. trying trying to find you know new pieces of headgear that would that would give me the bonus to perception uh, was was pretty fun. But yeah, I think I took the one where it was uh, agility, but your limbs crippled. Yeah, I, I took that. I forget what the other one that I took was, but yeah. anyway, um, yeah. So just exploring that. There's also another area in the map that's really cool. It's called uh, Hell's Motel, and it's uh, it's like on the uh, west side of the map, and it's just an area that's completely irradiated. Uh, and there's some ghouls there, but it's like a it's just this like small hotel in the in the middle of that. Um, there's a crashed helicopter on the very southern part of the map, and there's another like special sort of gun that you can pick up there, so I did that. And uh, there's a nuclear test site, or this like shack, uh, also in the southern part of the map. I, I, did, I did find that recently. I, I enjoyed that. I, I, liked the, I really liked that because I found the um, observation point first and realized what it was. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Did you uh, go in the shack? Uh yeah, yeah. And did you pick up the diary? Yeah, that that was just weird. <laughs> the, the the emo kid. Yeah, an emo person goes to a nuclear fallout site to die. <laughs> yeah. It was and, well, wanting to become a gore apparently. Yeah. Because <laughs> he hates life. That's funny. But, yeah. yeah, so mostly I've been doing things like that, um, pretty Did much just for fun. Did you go to the, um, the memorial, the, the giant freaking cross in the middle of nowhere? No, where where is it at on the map? Uh, it's from the starting area. If you go to that, like, the cemetery that's, you know, up on that hill, yeah. you can see it from there. It's just this giant 
cross that's in the middle there, and it's like the called the such and such. I forget who um, memorial. Oh, uh, the but, yeah, okay. But there's no like. I couldn't find any, you know, no NPCs, like nothing to actually give any indication what it might indicate. See, I like the idea of these, you know, kind of cool little uh, tourism spots uh, that yeah. reward you for just kind of picking a direction and walking in that direction. Yeah, it does a really uh, pretty good job of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that, I mean, that I think that's just been a lot of fun is just to see all the, all the corners of the game that they in no way make you go to yeah very neat you only have one week until uh until batman then yeah yeah so uh this will this be the last week i play <laughs> anything game. else yeah well, isn't nice. the batman supposed to be all open world too yeah i'm just gonna say that it's nice that i'm off on wednesdays <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah That was episode number 131 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games. Your homework for this week, uh, go by iTunes and uh, drop us a review. It's been a minute since we've had uh, a review or a ranking, uh, but uh, those are the emotional currency of the podcast world. And uh, you just click a star or you know, write, write a little something nice. It's, uh, it's greatly appreciated if you do that. You can uh, friend us or become a fan of us on Facebook. That is facebook.com slash don't tree riddle. Uh, you can also uh, contact us, duckfeet.tv slash contact. There's a little uh, contact form. And oh gosh, what else is there? What else is there? What else is there? Am I missing anything, guys? Your homework is to play Night Sealed Republic. I'm, I'm well aware of this. <laughs> um, if you go to duckfeed.tv you can check out other shows on the network we've got uh, those damn Ross kids it's a program I do with my brother we've got watch out for fireballs a program that I do with uh, Gary Butterfield from the Dead Idea of Valhalla it is a retro games club uh, kind of show uh, right now we're playing Super Mario RPG for that uh, if you have any nice. thoughts, if you have any thoughts um, by Friday which is the day, the day that this comes out you can you can contact us about that or you can uh, email us the the, the game that's going to be coming out that we're going to be playing after that is Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, and uh, the game after that is going to be Zombies at My Neighbors. So we've got a uh, an action packed lineup here throughout the rest of the year. So um, yeah, that's all you can do. But most of all, you can continue to listen and uh, be sure to tell your friends. So for Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, this has been Cole Ross, David Mysmith, Ben Merkel, and uh, just, just just take it easy. <laughs>